Well, then we missed the first part of the show, didn't we? Well, yeah, that's all important, too. Want to go back and do it again? We can. No. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, okay. Good morning, folks. Welcome uh, once again. Let's see here. Today is the 1st of July. And we're still trying to figure out if the concert under the Elms 4th of July annual thing last night occurred or not. If it did, I think they would have had to have been allowed to go inside Memorial Auditorium. Um, but... Um, at five, when this all rain started, I called. Uh, I was across town, but I called the station. I said, "You guys got to get a hold of the police department or somebody on campus and figure out whether uh, the crowd is going to be allowed to go inside. And if not, we need to p- tell people it's been, you know, likely going to be canceled or something like that." You know, I was so busy at what I was doing, I don't know uh, if we got the word out or not. Now, have we figured... Yeah, okay, we, what? Yeah, we did yesterday. You did what? Turn, turn, me, turn on my microphone there if you would. No, I don't want to. Okay, I'll come over to you, Jerry. No, Sam. I'm kidding. Okay. I, um, we announced it yesterday <clears throat> on the Make It Happen show with Kim and Ruth. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we talk Actually, about it all the time, but yeah. the question is, this year, with the COVID thing and all, and, and last summer, too, they didn't even have them, the right. concerts. Right. But this year, there was a question about if it was inclement weather, would the crowd be allowed to go inside Memorial Auditorium? And we were told they would not earlier on for the first couple of concerts. I question was last night okay someone call me would you i want to get this figured out we can't seem to find anything on the net internet so all right my number 592-6646 592-6646 the question was did the concert under the elms occur at all last night and if so where inside or out okay and this is the annual fourth of july thing so it's always a extra well attended and so it's really too bad if it didn't happen now i've got a caller already thank you good morning good morning fellas how you doing we're doing well <clears throat> good good uh real quickly yeah we were i was going to help bruce Knocky hang the flags and of course we didn't get a chance to and the director of band said we were not permitted yet to go inside Memod. so it didn't know so it was it did not happen okay. unfortunately no sir yeah I I thought that was the case, and and uh, but I didn't have the absolute knowledge to to get it on the air. But I hope our staff did get it on the air before seven thirty ran yeah. or whatever time. I think they did. Okay. I was headed in to help out, and it rained so hard on Richland. I thought it was going to need a rowboat. Yes, um, it's the hardest <laughs> rain I've, I think I've ever experienced. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, have a good weekend, fellas. Okay. Hey, thanks for Thank the help. You. Yes. All right. Sure. Okay. You too. Right. Bye-bye. I thought I was going to need a snorkel and a wetsuit, too. Well, time. I was next door at, 
at uh, neighbor Grace Schwartz's house. And uh, we were just chatting about something, and they were going to go to the concert. And I said, well, you know, I don't know because – and then, boom, it happened, right? The big ring. Yeah. It, it, uh, I saw a few uh, driveways washed out on the way here, lots of gravel wow. in the road, too, if you live in the on the secondary road, yeah, something like that. But um, I'll tell you what, it, I thought I heard uh, – Channel 4, 6, or 10, one of them say that this area got two to three inches of rain uh, I, I, last night. Let me put it this way. And more expected. Um, we did end up going out last night. We were, you know, I think we would have gone to the concert. Our friends we meet with normally on Wednesday nights were going to go to the concert. But when that rain came... Well, we went to Pleasant Hill Winery (laughs) (laughs) and met those friends there. And um, let's see, now what did you just say? That it rained about two to three inches. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when I got home, today's, today's, um, you know, garbage day in my neighborhood where they pick it up each week on Thursdays. So I went to put out the different containers, recycling and all of that. And I noticed a lot of my buckets, which I had used the day before, had three inches of water in them. So I will verify your official meteorologist, Dave Palmer. (laughs) We had... Self-proclaimed meteorologist. 2.91 inches. How precise. Yes. 2.91. Okay. Well, enough nuts here. Um, Let's see. Today, July 1st, I mentioned that. And, of course, um, Athens will have their display on Saturday night. And and we'll be there with the Jambulance. And and, um, uh, whether you choose to watch it and just go ooh and ah... Or whether you also want to have the radio on faintly in the background and hear the music that the uh, fireworks people um, try to synchronize to, um, which will be on our stations. Um, is that true? Or do we do it on both? No, I think just 105. It would be, it'd be nice. Well, I think we did one year or a couple years maybe. We should. Well, let's figure that out uh, yeah. after the show. We should, if you can't find it here or on 97.1, turn over to Power 105. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's really neat how they're going to synchronize the music the, yeah. and with that's, the fireworks. That's, that's done commonly, yeah, actually, anymore. But um, I remember when we first started doing it, it, it was like the fireworks guys were so excited because they'd never done that before. <laughs> and I think that first time was over at the fairgrounds years and years and years ago. Yeah. Now it's like customary. Yeah. So we're broadcasting live from 8 to 10 on Power 105 uh, from the Jamulants, and then uh, the synchronized music will start right at 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right when the fireworks shoot off. Until it gets dark. Yeah, it's going to be a neat thing. I anticipate a big crowd. 
And and uh, let's encourage people to take their radios or uh, maybe turn on their car audio systems and listen to uh, 105 and fill the valley down there with the patriotic music while the fireworks are going on. Now, or off, whichever you prefer. You know, there's. Um, I heard a, a moment ago an, an ad promoting that. We yeah. have. Uh, they mentioned, um, oh, I think, nine different sponsors. We also have four more that, in that particular announcement, didn't get mentioned. So I want to tell you about that. Shannon Freed of Rise Realty. Now, I think that's up in Lancaster. It is, it? yes. Uh, Shauna Stump, our great friend, Shauna with State Farm Insurance. Uh, a new client, wet washers. They do power washing. Uh, so, you know, you have a home, you got sidewalks, you got uh, outbuildings, you got decks, whatever, power washing. And they don't just uh, shoot the jet of uh, high pressure, they also do scrubbing. Um, and then Ridenauer Auto Group. Out of uh, New Lexington. And they, they're always a good sponsor. Yeah. And, and we appreciate their stuff. Now, what you recall, do they have a particular auto line? Uh, uh, or are they? I think they have uh, all auto lines, as a matter of fact, but not one or two in particular. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, they just come on hmm. right now, Auto Group. Yeah, I'll look it up. But okay. In the meantime, they, I got a caller. Okay. Okay. And you, that'll give you a moment to look it up. Uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> uh, folks, please redial. I'm sorry. Um, ah, here this, we go. This thing only gives me like uh, three rings, and then it goes, okay, well, you were going to say. Yeah, here we go. They, uh, look, it looks like they, are, they deal in Chrysler, Dodge, right. Ford, Jeep, and Ram. Boy, they got a bunch. They do. They got a, I'm looking at a picture of a parking lot here. Uh, their car lot it is really big, okay. <laughs> good size. So uh, so right now our auto group up in um, New Lexington. New Lexington. Yeah, and I've I've had people tell me that they just love Bruce's commercials. Bruce Ridenour, he's the owner, and he actually voices his commercials and the creativity in those commercials. Okay. Uh, for me, are really funny. I've had other people tell me they look forward to his commercials. Back to the phones. Good morning. Good morning. Are you guys having bragging rights as to which fireworks display is the best in southeast Ohio? No. I, I'll let people decide for themselves. Well, God's decided it for us. He okay. says, come to the biggest fireworks display oh, in southeast Ohio. Just well, a saying. Yeah, I, you know. Just saying, I know. Now, I, know I will say this, and I think I mentioned this a couple days ago. Um, because of the demand for the fireworks on the 4th itself, to fire them off on the 3rd is cheaper, and so some places can afford to have a bigger display on the 3rd. You know what I mean? Right. Who, who goes together to gather the money? You guys are leading that well, way? Well, I don't know officially anymore, but I can tell you what, I can tell you some history. Years ago, again, when it was at the fairgrounds, um, the Chamber of Commerce and some other groups would somehow or other pool some money from, uh, I'm going to call it donator, donators, okay? Sponsors. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
except, <clears throat> except their names were never known for some reason or other. It wasn't promoted oh, real well. Yeah. Um, and then I went over to see Carl Murphy next door at Athens Building Materials for something. And he said, we don't have any money this year for fireworks. They're not, so we're not going to have any. And that really bothered me because, I mean, we're a city for crying out loud. Uh, we've got to put on a fireworks show. So I started calling a couple people, and pretty soon we had, oh, $1,500 or $2,000 put together to, to um, underwrite the project. And, uh, but it, it's generally been, I'm going to say, sort of a chamber of commerce in city of Athens and, you know, sort of a, those kind of groups that have somehow or other pooled the money to make it happen. And then you're announcing these names through Flash, and then Scott asked, adds the additional ones that have joined up and paying money since then. So what's flash? It make, makes me think that WATH has gotten control of this and made it possible. And no, say, no, we're just happy to be an important part of it. Listen to WXDQ between eight and ten the same night, get you all roused up, and then at ten, we put, put on those radios and put on those. Right, uh, yeah. I mean, you're giving us an ad here. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Scott's been doing a good job with it, too. Well, I mean, that's He's, what we do. Yeah. And he, I, I did hear him also to talk about, uh, what is that, Concert Under the Green. A lot. So I thought, oh, those are back again. But I haven't heard any official announcement from the university. Of course, I'm not getting uh, the okay. messenger during the week, and maybe it's in the messenger, but it wasn't in the Athens News. Or maybe well... I I have, um, I get emails from OU, I get um, social media from OU. Uh, they, they've pushed the concerts pretty hard. Oh, what we didn't know was about whether they were going to make an exception this summer, last night only, to let the crowd go inside if the weather was bad. Was last night the initial concert? No, they've had three now. Oh. Maybe four. Last yeah. night would have been the third or fourth. I can't That's remember. That's right. It's, it's finished pretty soon so that people can go on vacations. Well, they do five, as I recall. Five or six. Okay. I don't know. I'm done here. <laughs> Yesterday, you guys had an interesting conversation about reading comics, and I think it mostly hard on reading comic books. How about just reading the funnies in the newspapers? I used to grow I, up I did do that. I did, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember which ones I particularly remember. I remember Dick Tracy. I remember Rex Morgan, M.D. I remember the Jackson Twins. I remember... Uh, I don't know anything you're talking about. I mean, I remember... Little hearing, Abner? Little Abner. I do remember that one. Yeah. And well, Dick Tracy I heard of, but I never read it. I know that the Columbus paper... Has lots of funnies on Sundays, and I guess all week long. They have more funnies than anyone around, but I I faithfully read the ones in Sunday Messenger, certain ones. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to look again. Oh, they're a lot of fun. I, I, I'm about the only one in my family that read them, but I enjoy them. Okay. I enjoyed hearing about them, but I was wondering, they still are publishing comics in the paper, but not as often because the paper's not being published as often. But anyway, happy fourth, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 970 WATH. Good morning. I remember the uh, funnies or the comics. You'd, you'd get in a piece of Bazooka Bubblegum, too. The Adventures of Bazooka Joe and Mortimer. You open a piece of bubblegum, and on the inside, there was a little little comic strip. I had no idea. Yep. <laughs> First of July, it is. It is. Today is National Postal Worker Day. National Creative Ice Cream Flavors Day. We'll come back to that. National U.S. Postage Stamp Day. So two postal things. In National Ginger Snap Day. That sounds like a cookie or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, now, National Creative Ice Flavor Ice Cream Flavors Day. National Creative Ice Cream Flavor Day is uh we could this okay let's think of something creative how about um <laughs> now stop it <laughs> i'm just how, thinking I, about where you're going with creative <laughs> national pet collar flavor <laughs> how about national careful sh- shoe insert <laughs> flavor yeah Bacon. That one always wins. Bacon ice cream. Bacon flavored ice cream. Can you now? You, first of all, we had a little discussion about bacon last night at, at uh, the winery. Did you? Um, because my wife does not care for bacon. And then the discussion when she admitted to that, um, and uh, so she had had this nice salad. But the little crumbles of bacon were all pushed to one side, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what brought this conversation on. And, you know, everybody at the table is saying, we've never heard of someone who didn't like bacon. Oh, yeah, of course. And um, not everybody likes the same thing <laughs> that everybody else does, that's, you know? That's a good thing, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all marry the same person or yeah, something. Or, or, I don't know. Yeah. It, why just, why'd I say that? I don't know. Because it's what you do sometimes. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> National Creative Ice Cream Flavors Day. It says, celebrate by venturing out to your local ice creamery, testing their many concoctions, or head down to the grocery store and get creative by finding different ingredients to make your own. How about that? Here's a few they came across. You ready? Mashed potato ice cream, oh. beer ice cream, mm. olive oil ice cream, Mm-mm. buffalo wing ice cream, mm. goat cheese ice cream, and here we go, candied bacon ice cream. They really did do it. They did. I didn't see that before I mentioned bacon. So there's But some not more. no... Pet collar. No, no shoe insert either. Okay. But uh, let's move on. Yeah. What your dad used to say, you could make a piece of shoe leather taste good with 
Some well, if you flavoring. if you fried a piece of shoe, it would taste good. Something yeah, like and that. bacon or something like that. Yeah, with bacon. We have wasted thirty minutes here. Yeah, hasn't it been fun, <laughs> folks? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's see here. Let's do on this day in history. Matsuo Bashu, Zen poet, by the weir. I should have first mentioned the year. The year is 1689. When Bashu um, left for a 150-day journey, I guess in Japan. But he was a, a Zen poet. I faintly remember that name. Okay. I mean, from not in person, <laughs> 1689, but rather <laughs> reading uh, something about this. Anyway, 1858, the joint reading of Charles Darwin and Alfred Russell Wallace's papers on evolution occurred to the Linnean, Linnean, Linnean Society, 1858. Evolution. 1863, in the Battle of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, um, it says Lee's northward advance was halted. Um, <coughs> let's see here. 1867, the Dominion of Canada is formed comprising the provinces of New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Ontario, and Quebec. And they go on to say that a John A. MacDonald uh, was then uh, became, started his service as the first Prime Minister of Canada, the Dominion of Canada, 1867. 1921, the Communist Party of China is founded. Hmm. 1941, Bull of a Watch Company. They, they, I think they're still in existence. But I remember, uh, so I have, dare I call it a collection of wristwatches? I guess so. Various former employees would give me as a parting gift, not employees, employers, places I've worked. My boss would give me a fancy wristwatch when I left the company to go somewhere else. I have my dad's old watch, uh, two or three watches that were his, and two of them were bull of them. Anyway, they say in 1941... The Bulova Watch Company paid $9. They paid $9 for the first ever network TV commercial. Wow. Now we hear about, um, you know, Super Bowl commercials going for... 
like a half a million bucks and stuff like that. Yeah, quite a bit. Some even as high as five million. <clears throat> Bolivar, founded in 1875, and has been owned by a Japanese multinational conglomerate citizen watch company since 2008. Just a few years. Yep. So it still exists, but it's not the same Bolivar we once knew. Yeah, parent organization is now Citizen Watch Company. Okay, uh, famous birthdays. Okay. Diana Spencer. Um, Princess Di? Is yeah, that who that is? That's right. Okay. And uh, you recall that she was killed in an auto accident in England. Under a, some sort of bridge. Anyway, she uh, was born in 61 and died um, in that accident in 97. Princess died. Liv Tyler. Um, can you look her up? Because uh, she looks familiar, but I can't place her in terms of what shows she might have been in. She's obviously an entertainer. Yeah, I th- think she's um, Steven Tyler's daughter, who is the lead singer of Amer- uh, Aerosmith. Okay. So, uh, well, t- t- yes. she's celebrating her 44th birthday today. Yeah, she's an, now an actress, producer, singer, and former model, and best known for her portrayal of Arwen Undamiel in the Lord of the Rings film trilogy. She began a career in modeling at age 14. But, yeah, her father is uh, Steven Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith. Um, two more yet. We have um, Olivia de Havilland, who died uh, last year, I think. Uh, but she was born in 1916. Um, so she had a nice long life. Yeah. Major works of her cinematic career span from 1935 to 1988. Okay, now here's one I'm really, I forgive me, I don't know this person. Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz, or Leibniz, L-E-I-B-N-I-Z. Pretty good. Born Leibniz. in 1646. Died in 1716. He was a German philosopher, mathematician, scientist, diplomat, and polymath. He was a prominent figure in both the history of philosophy and the history of mathematics. As a philosopher, he was one of the greatest representatives of the 17th century rationalism. So, Hmm. put that in your pipe and rationalize it. Okay. You know, folks, I guess you know I like a cigar once in a while. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned the pipe. I have a little pipe stand with four or five pipes in it. I wonder where that went to. It's somewhere in the house. I haven't seen it in or noticed it in years. It may be downstairs next to the uh, stash. Stash? Yeah. What's a stash? The moonshine. Moonshine stash. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, we got a beer fridge down in the basement. (laughs) 
and there are two bottles of moonshine <laughs> infused with fruit. There's, I mean, you can see little, like, peelings of something in the base of the, these, like, mason jars. Big mason jars. I have no idea where those came from. <laughs> but I sampled one just once and realized it's moonshine, folks. <laughs> and how it got there, I, I guess, you know, Nick or Paul or Jackie or somebody... <laughs> One of the kids. Maybe it morphed morphed into moonshine from something else. No, I don't you had think in so. The refrigerator. I don't think so. Yeah, well, yeah. One okay. of the one of the kids. <laughs> okay, deaths. Uh, there's two to mention. One we would know about, and that's Marlon Brando. He died in 2004. He was uh, born in 1924. Now this other one I need your help with. All right. And I'll probably be embarrassed because I should know her. Mary Alice, I'm sorry, Mary, wait, wait, start over, Palmer. Alice Mary Robertson. And she died in 1931, born in 1854. Mar- Alice Mary Robertson. She was an American educator, social worker, Native American rights activist, government official, and politician who became the second woman to serve in the United States Congress and the first from the state of Oklahoma. She was the first woman to defeat an incumbent congressman. Wow. Well, that's kind of neat. Okay. Well, I'll put that report over here. Let's see. Where am I doing this? Over here. Okay. I brought in a report yesterday. We didn't get to it, but it is just as good today, maybe even better. This is entitled, Exploding into Independence Day, States That Use the Most Fireworks. Okay? All right. Um, The 4th of July is coming up. Yep. And for most Americans, that means a day spent with food, family, and fireworks. In fact, Americans will eat an estimated 155 million hot dogs and set off around 30,000 tons of explosives on Independence Day. Um, However, no matter how good the grill is, let's be real. The star of the day is fireworks, and that isn't going to change anytime soon. So, um, since firework prices are up about 15% this year uh, over last year, uh, and some of that's because the importation costs, most of those things are made in China, I think, um... That means those illuminations will cost a bit this year, a bit more than normal. However, some states will put on far bigger spectacles than others. So this company hit the data to find where the explosions are legendary and where fingers may be in the most danger. And on the 4th 
the skies are bursting red, white, and blue. Okay, so the top 10 states for fireworks. I'm trying to think how to say this in an interesting way. I guess I just did list them. Okay, number one is Missouri. Number two, Nebraska. Three, Kansas. Four, Alabama. And once again, folks, these are these are the cities. Uh, I'm sorry, the states where the most fireworks occur. So Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, Alabama, coming in fifth, South Carolina. Sixth, Wyoming. <laughs> Seventh, Nevada. Eighth, North Dakota. Ninth, Indiana. And tenth, O-H. I-O. I-O. E-I-E-I-O. So there you have it. The ten states that put up the most explosions in the sky for that special holiday. If your state isn't on there, you better hurry up and stock up on some fireworks. Now, we've been hearing about shortages of fireworks this year because of plants being shut down because of the pandemic. But I'm also, I've seen features on news programs of some suppliers that do firework shows mm. say that because they didn't do very many last year, they've got a pretty good inventory. So they are not missing out or, or void of product or supplies this year. They say they have plenty. We have a good friend who often hosts a, I don't know, he puts some money into it and has a private show at his uh, farm, right? Oh, yeah. Well... He didn't get to do that last year. But he had purchased the fireworks. So they've all been in storage waiting for this year. <laughs> yeah. And he may have even added a few things to right, it. Right, right. Okay. So could get a bonus show this year. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to change topics, but it's right. using the same report. So this report I was reading from um, managed to take a picture of the state capitals for each of those top 10 states I mentioned? Yeah. In fireworks? Right. And I've really been, girl, I've, uh, when I went through this, I went, now this is on our black and white printer. Yeah. But all of these pictures I could have printed in color. And they, I am fascinated with the state capitol buildings. So, I know this is radio, folks, and you can't see them. But there's Missouri. There's Nebraska. That doesn't impress me too much. Kansas, that's cool. Yep. Alabama, neat. South Carolina, neat. Uh, Let me see South Carolina. Oh, yeah. I like the rotunda there. A lot of those. Wyoming. Have those, yep. Where was it? what, What state was it? Oh, Wyoming. <laughs> I see what you mean. Okay, here's Nevada. Oh, that's cool. Well, 
doesn't look like a state campus. It, it, well, it's the I think it's the trees surrounding it. You don't see a lot of that at a lot of state capitals because they're in downtown there's, areas. There's North Dakota. That's boring. Yeah. Too blah. It just looks like an office building. Yeah. Indiana. Cool. And then Ohio. And I think our state capital is awesome. Yeah, I do too. Our building. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you one another one. I Okay, we've traveled, right? You and I have traveled some when we see some. And I think one of the neatest ones around is in one of our neighboring states in West Virginia. They have that golden dome. You can see mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. when you go past. Got it in on, Charleston. Yeah, when you go on I-77 or 64. You get a very clear view of it. I think they've just recently done a restoration on that. For the, it's been covered for it seems like the past three or four years, but I think they've finally taken off. And that gold is really, really shiny, mm-hmm. really pretty. And in the setting right there in the mountains down in the valley there near the Kanawha River. I brought another story in this morning that I came across. It's uh, actually something that. You know, National Geographic magazine? Yeah. Um, It's an item they put out. And basically the title of it was, When Vaccination Was a Badge of Honor. Okay, so here's this very dated photograph, right? Oh, yes. Yep. Um... And then uh, this Victoria Jaggard, who wrote this article, writes, One of my earliest memories involves noticing a weird mark on both of my parents' upper arms. It's a small, circular scar, no bigger than a dime, that also decorates the limbs of some of my aunts and uncles. Why don't I have one, too, I wonder? And what does it mean? Well, if you were born before the 1970s, you probably know the answer. That scar uh, back then was kind of referred to as a badge of honor. And it uh, conferred by the smallpox vaccine. I remember my dad my my dad's was very easy to see. Um my mother's uh the scar wasn't quite as visible, but it was there. Mine's disappeared. I can't find it anymore. Do you have yours? Yeah. Okay. Um, It's not very visible, but I can feel it. Smallpox is frequently cited as the only infectious disease humans have managed to completely eradicate. With the World Health Organization certifying the achievement in 1980. That's thanks to a global vaccination campaign that the WHO 
started in 67. No matter how it was administered, the smallpox vaccine left a crater-like scar in the skin because it involved delivering a live version of a related pox virus into the body. The skin around the infection, rather injection site, could then get damaged and scab over, leaving a scar. In the U.S., an especially bad smallpox outbreak occurred from 19, I'm sorry, 1899 to 1904. My dad was born in 1904. And uh, that outbreak led many establishments to ask to see a person's scar as a type of early vaccine passport. So, you know, we, we carry our um, vaccine Cards. Cards in yep. our wallet or whatever. And I've been threatening to get a T-shirt with it uh, <laughs> screened on the front and back uh, to wear around, like at farmer's market and stuff. Well, anyway, um, let's see here. Okay, so people, uh, establishments would ask to see that scar as a type of early vaccine passport. <clears throat> Echoing today's shenanigans with doctored CDC cards, the anti-vaccination holdouts of the early 1900s even, even went so far. Let me turn my phone off here. Sorry. Uh, even went so far as to forge their scars using nitric acid. Anyway, but with the advancements in vaccine technology and intensive eradication efforts, the world saw the last natural cases of smallpox in 1975. Well, Uh, the writer goes on to talk about a couple other former diseases for which I guess we we no longer have to get a vaccine. And if I'm and I think it's correct that you no longer have to get a smallpox vaccine. But there are other things, and in fact, some of them you have to get annually, right? Yes. And uh, anyway, I just thought that was kind of an yeah, interesting... Yeah, or that you probably should get annually. Some do, some don't. For instance, like the flu shots that we talk about, the shingle shots we discuss every now and then, too. But uh, like it, most many physicians, medical people recommend getting those annually. Folks, I don't know if you've been paying any attention, but over in New York, um, the uh, the election for the mayor of that city uh, is just taking place, and it appears that it's all botched up, and uh, it's a mess. What a shocker! Um, I wish we didn't have to say that so much, don't you? You know? I don't know how it's all going to turn yeah, out. Yeah, who knows? 
but I have from the New York Times, and of course they would be extra excited about it because it's their city. The story that is six, seven, okay, okay, <laughs> seven, eight, eight pages long, this story. And I've got 30 seconds left in my show. So I don't think we're going to get to it today. All right. Well, today, showers and possibly a thunderstorm remain in the future. Uh, it, some of these could produce heavy rain. Patchy fog that's uh, pretty much over with. A high today near 73 degrees. And uh, that chance of precipitation listed at 90%. You be careful out there, folks, and have a great day, and uh, perhaps we'll see you about uh, the community. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour. Your home for original reporting. I'm Cammie McCormick. President Biden and the First Lady have arrived in Surfside, Florida. The death toll there now, 18 from the partial condo building collapse. 145 others remain missing. Here's White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. Aides say the president will huddle with local and state officials, receive a briefing on the rescue efforts, thank the first responders, meet with victims' families, and before leaving Florida, deliver remarks to the country on what he's seen. The White House says a federal investigation into the cause of the collapse is being headed by engineers at NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Florida rescue workers have another worry, a tropical storm that formed this morning, as Jim Crusula reports. Tropical storm Elsa has formed far out in the Atlantic and is expected to bring heavy rain that may cause flash flooding and mudslides in the Caribbean. It's the earliest fifth-name storm on record, beating out last year's Eduardo, which formed on July 6th. The National Hurricane Center has Elsa as a strong tropical storm over the Florida Keys by next Tuesday. The Trump Organization's been indicted by a New York grand jury for alleged tax-related offenses. The chief operating officer surrendered this morning. Alan Weiselberg intends to plead not guilty. The number of Americans filing for jobless benefits fell last week to the lowest level since the pandemic struck last year. Mark Hamrick of Bankrate.com. We saw a decline of 51,000 new jobless claims to 364,000. Mind you, a year ago, this number was more than 1.4 million initial claims. If you're traveling over the holiday, be prepared for high gas prices, as Dina Demetrius reports. The most expensive prices in seven years. Jeanette McGee from AAA says the national average for gas is up 90 cents a gallon compared to July 4th last year. People are getting back to the roads and traveling more. McGee predicts gas is only going higher, possibly another 10 to 20 cents by the end of August. You may have heard of COVID fog, but there are a lot of things clouding our brains these days, especially if you're a parent. Here's correspondent Diane King-Hall. Mom brain is a pain, but how much time is lost to parental brain drain? According to a new one poll survey, parents lose an average of 4,000 hours of their lives to brain fog. That's about 219 hours a year. On average, moms and dads lose focus on up to three tasks a day. 44% of respondents struggle to stay hydrated while a third missed meals and 28% forgot someone's birthday. 
On Wall Street, checking the early numbers after the opening bell. The Dow is up nearly 70 points. S&P 500 up as well. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Black Friday in July event. Enjoy up to 